Welcome to Gain That Tune. What is going on, everybody? It's Game That Tune back in the house once again. It's your boy, John Harrington, here. We've got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. We've got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And we've got the GTT King himself, David Fleming. Say hey. Hey. Hell yeah, guys. Welcome back. Game That Tune in the house once again. It's episode 324. And uh, man, oh man, we're just uh, you know plugging away at it, moving right along, continuing to make this podcast in well into episodes in the three hundreds. It's just uh, every time I say it, I'm I'm baffled that it, it, you know that we've continued. We're so good and so so absurd. And uh, we're gonna do an episode tonight, much like every other episode we've ever done. What we're gonna do is listen to video game tunes. We've each brought three songs from a game. We're gonna try and guess each other's games based on the songs with a little bit of trivia. We're gonna goof off and have a lot of fun, and the winner at the end of the night picks a theme for the next episode and plays their bonus tunes. And our winner last week was the uh, Buflannelled, the uh, Al Borland of Game That Tune tonight, John Regan. And Johnny got to... uh, pick a fantastic theme for tonight's episode and of course landed on what fantastic theme john oh john it's very generous of you to call it a fantastic theme um it's i'm sorry two fantastic themes yeah it's two fantastic themes thank you (laughs) uh tonight's theme is games played in the third person or games set in a sterile environment Uh (laughs) uh-huh I landed yeah, on that because uh, the episode before was, uh, you know, first person games or games in the wilderness. I thought, well, what's the opposite of that? Mm-hmm. So there like we go. It. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could have been games taking place in a city if that was the case. But yes, the full opposite of the wilderness it would be a fully sterile environment. Yes. <laughs> um, it's a, it's an interesting set of themes you got there, Johnny, because, you know, when we've We've been doing these stupid-ass double themes lately and taking bets on you know, whether or not it was going to be more bears versus more fighting games or more wilderness versus more uh, first-person games. I get the feeling I know what the balance is going to be between sterile environments and third-person games. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to, uh, to see where we all went with this one because uh, me thinks... There are so many sterile environments, and we've used so many third-person games on the show that uh, it's got to be a 5 nothing shutout. It's got to be all sterile tonight. <laughs> it's going to be just clean, baby. Mm. Labs, manufacturing facilities, kitchens, vacuums of space. I'm uh, really looking forward I'm really looking forward to next episode when he, when we up the theme to sixth person games. Oh, and we yes. start playing some weird shit. It's gonna be fantastic. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Do the, you want this theme, or do you want to double it and give it to the next person? Mm. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant, well, Jesse. It's, it's 
funny as someone. That's what's uh, that's what's important here on Game That Tune. As long as someone laughs, <laughs> uh, Johnny, keep that in mind. Anytime you're doing anything for the show, make sure someone laughs, not just yourself. Um, just you know, my my tip to you, sir, because I'm laughing at sterile environments. <laughs> third, you know, third person games, no laughing matter. Um, but uh, this uh, this it should be good. I think we got uh, we got five fantastic games. I'm sure that we chose a fantastic fan request. I saw which ones. You know, I saw the requests that we got. They were all fantastic and you know all really understood what a sterile environment is. Uh, and barely any of them were requests for third person games. So I think uh, I think we've got a great show coming up for you guys tonight. So Johnny, let's just dive right into those tunes, baby. Let's start game one. Game one. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, guys. So uh, this game has uh, more than one bird person in it. Uh, the shopkeeper of the game is an anthropomorphic peacock, and you meet a companion character named Ferdinand Duckinson III, which is an anthropomorphic duck. Man, I'm feeling great after that. How about you guys? Oh, very good. I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Yeah. And I'm ready. Let's see it. Oh, man. <laughs> Johnny says Bird Ferguson. Sadly, incorrect. Uh, David says Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. A good guess based on the anthropomorphic animals. Sadly, incorrect. Jesse says Goat Simulator 3. That'd be pretty great if Goat Simulator 3 had anthropomorphic uh, birds in it. But no. Unfortunately, that is also incorrect. No, guys, this is a strange, cute little indie game uh, for the Switch and other consoles. Uh, a game by the name of Rainbow Billy, colon, The Curse of the Leviathan. Have any of you ever heard of Rainbow Billy, colon, The Curse of the Leviathan? <laughs> I, I love that title. 
It's I a love great everything title. about that title, especially because the first part makes it seem like an adorable, like, Kirby-esque game, and yes. then Curse of the Leviathan. Like, what the fuck? It's It's got to have some Kirby DNA in there, because, yes, it's Rainbow Billy, the Curse oh. of the Leviathan. You play as an adorable, colorful little guy uh, in a world of imagination, and then a terrible dragon leviathan comes and sucks all the color out of the world. And turns all the creatures into the world into, uh, I guess they don't turn into anything. What they become is characters that uh, only experience their most intense negative feelings. Uh, so, I... like, they all become sad and paranoid and upset. <laughs> Before we get further into the game, I just, I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to think of things that this title is not a good title for, right? Like, if you said, hey, John, there's a new bar in town. It's called Rainbow Billy, the Curse of Leviathan. I would 100% be there. I'd be all about that bar. If there was a ride at a theme park called Rainbow Billy, the Curse of the Leviathan, I'm, I'm on it. It pulls you in. Yeah. Would you like to try our special for the day? Rainbow Billy and the Curse of the Leviathan. Like, yeah. I'm fucking here for it. Yeah, what is that? Oh, it's, uh, it's a pint and a shot and a, a fancy sub. Oh, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. Like, you go into a deli, it's like, today's special, Rainbow Billy and the Curse of the Leviathan. Like, all right. Yeah. It works for sell anything it with this name. It works for everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, what it kind of doesn't work for is uh, people knowing about this game. I don't <laughs> think that people fucking, like, learned of this game existing, really. This, uh, this flew super under my radar. Um, and I don't think it really got on anyone's radar. Uh, maybe people that are out there searching for, I don't know, like wholesome, colorful games on, you know, the Switch, uh, eShop. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, man, it is just charming. Charm-ing is, uh, is what this game is. It's, uh, you know, I think they basically... It's it's a lot like uh, draws a lot of inspiration from Paper Mario. You got little two D characters, colorful uh, world, two uh, D characters moving around in like a three D ish world. Some light platforming, and then some RPG battles. But they're not really uh, they're not really battles so much as they are little mini games. Um, it's uh, it seems you know like one of the things that indie developers have done well is, you know, it's like, you know, okay, Nintendo only wants to make, like, one Paper Mario game every few years, and they keep making them kind of shitty. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna make our own Paper Mario games, and we're gonna make them fucking charming. <laughs> so, it's, I uh, love, I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of it now, and presumably, Rainbow Billy looks like this adorable little precocious child who's mm. drawn kind of like half 1930s cartoon, half like 1960s anime. Right. And then on the other side, there's presumably the Leviathan, <laughs> who is just this evil monster looking dragon. It's like, yeah. they really went in on this. But see, even the Leviathan is kind of cute and like Fleischer style because he's got multiple hands and he's got the little white gloves on all the hands. Like, you know, he's still a large scary dragon but he's got like the uh, the classic animation look to him uh, the yeah the character designs I don't know if they are actual Fleischer they're definitely not like rubber hose but the cute is what they are all the characters are very very cute and uh, so what happens is the Leviathan sucks all the color out of the world and you have to work with your couple little uh, 
I don't, they're not anthropomorphic, but they're you know given life. Uh, you have an ally that's a tugboat uh, named the Friendship, <laughs> and you have <laughs> uh, a magic uh, fishing rod named Rodrigo, and <laughs> you have to go around and find the characters that have had the colors sucked out of them and uh, restore them to their normal state, and then they join you as an ally. So it's a monster-catching uh, RPG. It's like a team-building thing. Um, I do have... You have to train them up by giving them gifts. They become your friends, and they ride around on your ship with you, and then you give them treasures to level them up, and that unlocks new sets of attacks and interactions and things like that. Uh, it's adorable, and all the characters are just cute, and it's like, okay, yeah, you build out your team with cute little characters. Um, you know, so I guess there's also like an aspect of like deck building to it. You know, like It's got a lot going on. There's a lot going on under the hood. It's uh, it's a cute little game with some cute, uh, you know, interesting mechanics to it. I do want to ask, um, because the game style does seem based on that, like, old 1930s, 1940s animation, and your fishing rod is named Rodrigo, is that a racist caricature? No. Oh, no, good. good. I think it's just the only one, I think it's the only name they could come up with that had Rick Rod in it. You know, if they had called us, we would have been like, yeah, it's, you know, no, the, the fishing pole's name is Rodney. And <laughs> yeah. that would have been that. Um, Shit. And also, all the characters, uh, they talk in that kind of Banjo-Kazooie style, which you would think would be annoying, but somehow in this game is quite cute. Um like, I, you know, obviously I can't replicate, like, the sounds that they're making, but, like, Rodrigo, you know, all of his little, like, sounds sound like kind of like a whispering, like, snickering sound. It's very, very cute. And your your friendship, the uh, boat that you ride around in, it just sounds like it goes like, toot, 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 And, you know, it's just, it's fucking adorable. <laughs> like, you're talking with your little tugboat that you ride around on that's powered by rainbows and friendship, and it talks to you in little toot toots. It's, it's just a fucking charming game. Um, now I wish they had called us to design Rodrigo. Oh, I would have like, yeah. had some input for this game. <laughs> it's like, yeah, his name is Rodney. And then you turn to it to, like, the message box pops up. Surprise, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Eat shit, bitches. Bapooey, bapooey. Babooba, babooba. That's the only thing the fishing rod says, apparently. Um... But yeah, and so the the big crux of the game is that the battles aren't actually violent battles. Um, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, it's a game that you can kind of use to talk to kids about basic kind of you know psychology and listening and talking to people and finding out what's uh, what's wrong with them. So when you encounter one of the creatures, you go into like a battle scene. But the first, uh, you know, you, you get two options: you can talk or you can listen. And only by listening. Do you learn what it is that you need to like respond to in order to get the uh, creature to uh, have its color return and become your friend? And so you listen first, and it gives it you know it gives you some dialogue options. And uh, you know from what I saw, unfortunately, dia dialogue options are not complicated. It's like all right, here's three options. One is the right option. The other one is the right option, but maybe slightly less perfectly worded. Like, less empathetically worded. And then the third option is the one that will uh, will lose you the battle and make the character that you're playing against, like, not respond. You know, so it's like, yeah, I'm sad. It's like, oh, I understand, and I, you know, I really want to help you feel better. Or, oh, we all get like that sometimes. Or, okay, bitch, suck it up. And it's like, okay, don't choose that last one. Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> this isn't, like, there's nothing, 
There's nothing like uh, subversive under the hood. It's not like I don't know Undertale or anything. Like you never reverse psychology anybody in these games <laughs> or in this game. It's just you know, just you know help the help the creature find its way, and then once you figure it out, it man it like sh it shows you like basically like a shape, and you choose a character of yours that can use that shape, and it's not an attack. It's, uh, you know, a conversation that you guys have, but in order to have the conversation, your little character creature that you have with you has to complete a little mini-game to, like, check a box on the creature that you're, you know, fighting against. So, and that's like Paper Mario, where, you know, you gotta do a timing-based thing to inflict damage points or whatever. This one, it's like, each character that you have in your party has a different mini-game attached to their quote-unquote attack style so it's really cute and you know and an interesting kind of spin on the paper mario formula and the you know i don't know trying to be uh you know games that are kind of progressive and you know have a have like an empathetic worldview and things it's like all right yeah that's actually hmm, very sweet and the dialogue's all very cute and the creatures are very cute it's just it's, a, it's an all-around cute game you know i uh i was just i was captivated by it is it I, uh, sterile? So here's the thing. Uh, no, it doesn't take place in a sterile environment. Uh, it's a third-person game, you know, uh, first and foremost. I, uh, I was not enjoying searching for games that fit the theme, and so I thought maybe I would do something stupid, so I started searching for bird-person games, uh, games <laughs> with anthropomorphic <laughs> bird animals, and that's why I got the trivia involving the shopke shopkeeping peacock and uh, Fernie, your companion... Uh, duck explorer guy and then I found this game and I'm like fuck this is charming I'm not doing the bird person bit I'll, I'll use it somehow but like man I'm glad I fucking went down that dumb rabbit hole <laughs> like this uh, I'm, I'm really happy to have discovered this because like you know I'm gonna put it on my wish list if it goes on sale I'm grabbing it like it's just a it's super cute game and you know it just seems like it's above and beyond like what some of these other indies kind of crank out this one's just you know I don't know it's brimming with charm and kind of game I have no problem with my son playing. You could probably handle playing it. I mean, I might have to help him with a couple of the more complicated little, uh, you know, attacking mini games, but it's like, you know, yeah, it's a game that encourages my kid to read and listen to what other people are saying and empathize. Yeah, cool. I'll play that. <laughs> and it's got cute monster designs and you get to sail around a, you know, a little tugboat powered by rainbows. Yeah. All right. Sounds cool. <laughs> And at no, its core, it's just it's just a Mar it's just a Paper Mario game, but with a different uh, different you know coat of paint on it. Cool. Yep, I'm in. Sounds great. No, uh, I think he needs to play something with a chainsaw and a spread gun. You know, and that's the thing. The other thing is, I thought that there was going to be some weird subversion of this going on because in the video that I watched, one of the first things you do, you're in the world of imagination, and one of the first characters you encounter is a trash can with two eyes. And, you know, it's like just bouncing around like a happy, like, Banjo-Kazooie character trash can. It's like, yeah, everything's trash when you put it in me. You know, I love trash. I'm like, uh-oh, it's going to be some weird sarcastic game. And it's like, no, apparently that's the only real instance of that. I don't know what they were doing with those trash cans in the opening scene. But no, apparently, you know, it's, uh, it's more straightforward and just kind of normal, you know, I don't know, kid shit than that. So... Maybe I need to play it all the way to the end, and there's some weird subversion waiting for me. Maybe it's a Kirby thing where some horrifying thing is going to happen. 
But. No, it's it's a cute, charming, you know, kid-friendly game. There is a little bit in the beginning that's kind of a subversion. In the first area, you kill a hooker. Right. But after that... Like, and that's the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing is just manifested as a like a trauma fever dream from killing that first hooker. It sucked all the color out of the world. You know, the hooker's name was Leviathan. <laughs> oh, no. It's crazy. <laughs> um... But yeah, it's uh you heard it here tell, first on Game That Tune. Hookers bring color to the world. Yes. You know, don't T-shirt say T-shirt idea. Mhm. A hooker named Leviathan. Um I'm into it. You know, you could I mean, Johnny, talk about things you can sell with this name. Uh, you know, which uh, which hook are you going for? Are you going to pick Rainbow Billy or are you going to pick the Leviathan? Uh, both. Yeah, both at the same time. That's yeah. special. Yeah, that's, that's what they call the curse. That's, yeah, you gotta yeah, they gotta get that curse, baby. That's the first thing I would do if I had a million dollars. Rainbow Billy and the Curse of the Little yeah. uh, at the same time, man. <laughs> Fucking A. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's a cute little game. I you know, I would say keep an eye out for it, because you know, I'm I'm gonna be. Because, uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm charmed by it. I'm glad that I, you know, like I said, I went down a dumb, I found a dumb way to find this game, and I'm glad that I did, because I truly, if if, there, if this was in a Nintendo Direct sizzle reel at some point, I missed it. Uh, so, you know, do a better job of marketing your game, whoever made this, uh, you know, whoever you are. I want Rainbow Billy in the next Smash, or else, uh, you know, you guys have failed. But in the meantime, uh, great game. Fun soundtrack, too. Shout out to the composer, uh, Frenchy uh, guys, uh, Canadian team. Uh, Antoine Vachon. Nice soundtrack. Um, and, yeah, good game. Johnny, let's keep moving. Game two.
All right, guys. So, to promote the game, the publisher developed a flash game where players had to rapidly click on a metal door to unlock it, and if they succeeded, one of the female characters from the game would be revealed with a truthful message. But for some reason, the flash game included um, subsequent secret stages where you could rapidly click on the character's breasts and, quote, unlock her clothes until she was fully undressed. Who's got some uh, answers? Do I ever? God, what a promotion. <laughs> Alright, so, um. Gonna wait for Jesse here to finish. Alright, so. Jesse drew a penis at a door, which is pretty close. Um, David said, This ain't Trauma Center, a triple X parody. Uh, sadly incorrect. And John wrote Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan. John, that's your game. Yeah, but it, it sounds like a great name for this game. <laughs> it is a great name for this game, but no, this is 
Uh, zero escape, colon, virtue's last reward. Let's workshop this title a little bit. Is the character's name Zero Escape? No. Strangely enough, the character's name is Rainbow Billy. Okay. <laughs> and now, you know, could Virtue's last reward be considered some sort of curse? I think it could. Yeah. Per honestly. Perhaps doled could... out by a large creature of some kind? Wait. Yes. Was the theme Rainbow and Curse games? <laughs> it is now. It's, the, it's now games with rainbows and leviathans. <laughs> you fucked up, Jesse. <laughs> so, no, this is uh, Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward, which is a sequel to Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. So, I think Jesse oh, was on that the, explains oh, the sound of one. it. I think Jesse was on the right hmm. track when he drew the penis next to a door. You just needed nine more doors. Yeah. And Wait, yeah, no, eight more doors. More Nine more penises. Eight more penises. <laughs> There's already I one mean, he penis. probably could have drawn it if he had nine more hours. <laughs> right. Oy. Um. This is our fan request from Acre in the Discord. Sure. I seem to recall... Weren't these games first person? Yes, but they're played in a, a sterile environment. That's how they're being okay. qualified here. <laughs> okay, Johnny, hold on. Let's, uh, let's game over this requester. What what sterile environment? Describe the sterility of the environment of uh, this insane game in which you can click women's breasts out. Uh, well, that's just the promotional material. There's no <laughs> point in this game where you can undress a, a woman. <laughs> like this, oh, this came is out there a the, woman in this game? This came out on the 3DS, guys. Like, you're not yeah, gonna... I know. I, I thought it was an insane thing to accidentally include. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. So the the clickable woman clothing is not part of the game? Not at all. And when okay. asked about it, the publisher basically said, hey, sex sells. Like, they just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me so horny. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I just... I, I, I just... What a way to promote... Because, one, this came out in 2012. I'm pretty sure Flash was... Dying at this point, if not already dead. Um, like, Flash is all the way out. Putting out a Flash game in 2012 was kind of a strange choice. And then, yeah, like, making it a porno game. <laughs> like, what the hell? But they didn't. They made it, uh, they promoted it with porno. Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. The, the, the Flash game, the promote, the, it was a porno promo. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, like, especially because I'm. Um, like, I was aware of this game, but I didn't actually play it, and I just had to, like, look it up to confirm. Yeah, it's like a first-person visual novel, like, adventure game, where you're, like, trapped in an area and have to work your way out of it. So, like, why would you have naked breasts? Yeah. Um, Again, sex sells, baby. Sex sells. Yeah. Sex sells. Nude breasts. You know what's cool, David? Nipples. Sex. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, nipples are pretty cool. They're dope, man. <laughs> People like to come. You ever seen some nipples? <laughs> Obviously. Nipples. Nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Describe them, David. They're sterile. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, if you're doing it right. <laughs> 
Jesse, goddamn. <laughs> I'm helping you. I just forgot. Trying um, to give you a visual aid. They're uh, they're beautiful. They're round. There's a sometimes little bump in the center, and uh, they excite me. You're right. Yeah. Okay. This guy's this guy's seen a nipple. Math checks out. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. He's he's cool, guys. He's cool. He can stay. See, I don't know a goddamn thing about this game. <laughs> this is oh, what a shock! Johnny, what, you know, what kind of prep you doing for the show? <laughs> so no, I do know that David mentioned it's a visual novel kind of thing. Basically, it does have sort of um, two like modes to the game. You alternate between a visual novel where you're just like responding to some dialogue, and then there's puzzles. Um, and so your puzzles are things like a, like a lights out kind of puzzle or like a sliding puzzle, uh, like a little brain teasers, and you play those in the first person. Um, and you're working your way out of like, um, I think it's on a ship or something, but it all looks like a, like a hospital kind of environment, like a, almost like a metal hospital, but with, you know. Hold on. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a ship ain't sterile, baby. <laughs> you, you hear about those cruise ship nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What are you talking about, Johnny? <laughs> Who told you a cruise ship was a sterile environment? <laughs> I, that's where I do all my surgeries. It's on cruise ships. <laughs> well, I mean, it's cheaper once you get in international waters. I mean, yeah. So yeah you Johnny get a significant discount breasts. from Dr. Morbius when you do it in international <laughs> waters. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Describe the surgery that you got. <laughs> Once again, the answer is bats. Yeah. <laughs> got the, those bat surgeries. <laughs> oh man! And then uh, well. there's a one neat feature is the game has like 24 different endings, um, but you don't have to play the game 24 different times. Um, as you play the game, you're presented with a flowchart, and you can go back and replay. <laughs> An area and get a different outcome, and eventually visit all that twenty-four endings. Like, you know, what's the you know, the mystery of unlocking this like cool new ending? Now nah, you know, just you, you diverge from the path here on this chart. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go correct that then. Thank you. <laughs> well, so some stuff though you you can only do like you, some plot lines can only be followed. From other, like, you have to go through a plot line, learn a password or something, and then go back sure. and use that password, right? Okay, well, yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a, almost like a time travel almost element to it, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds cool. And I, I, now I'm reading it more. It is not on a spaceship. It is in the abandoned warehouse-like facility. Um, again, though, from the images I'm looking at, all these rooms look like like a padded room at a metal hospital, right? Right. Like I'm pretty sure it's a fairly sterile environment. Yeah, <laughs> abandoned warehouses, famously <laughs> upkept. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know, I, uh, man, I'm not sure we. Uh, <sighs> I scolded one of the people that made a request this week for choosing the. Uh, a game, one that had already been on the show, but two, a game in which you clean up uh, fucking like mutilated bodies. It's like, that's not a sterile environment. I'm not sure this is a sterile environment either, Johnny. Like, an abandoned warehouse made to look like a clean lab. I don't think that kind of, I don't think that satisfies the requirement of this fucking game. Or of the, uh, of the show. I, I'm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go to my point that if it's abandoned, who's upkeeping it? It can't possibly be sterile. Well, but maybe they abandoned it and they cleaned before they left. You know, they got their deposit back. <laughs> they, they sterilized the, the building before they left. Don't you have to do that to your apartment when you move out? <laughs> sterilize the whole thing? Yeah. No, so, okay, mm-hmm. so it's not an abandoned warehouse. It's an abandoned <laughs> warehouse like facility. So it is a <laughs> facility. <laughs> That's. But it maintains. Wait, remember, wait, wait, wait. remember the facility <laughs> in Goldeneye? Yeah, I love that level. Ooh. It's a facility made to appear as an abandoned warehouse, or it's an abandoned warehouse-like facility, implying that the facility was warehouse-like and then someone abandoned it. Game three. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> no, I uh, honestly don't should... know. Um, no, it's it's fine. I'm just you know it's it's, it's crazy, a... Johnny. It's, it's, it's a, absolutely insane that you seem to have missed both prompts for the episode. <laughs> I missed both, both prompts. <laughs> well, <but> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a warehouse-like facility that was abandoned but made to look like a mental hospital. Yeah. Sounds pretty sanitary. <laughs> yeah, that's all kind of, I, would, I would eat off those floors, man. Look at that. That looks so clean. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Johnny, thank the requester, and let's uh, game over them and <laughs> move on to the next game. <laughs> thank you, Acre. Game
So the main character's parents are named Lily and Todd Hops. Uh, This is to keep with the game's amphibian theme. gentlemen um who has their answers i do i think i have a pretty good guess all right so uh jesse says frogger 3d sadly incorrect uh john and johnny both have the correct answer this is frog gun Uh, frog gun 
didn't know you played this, game. David. I actually looked into this game, and I think went so far as buying the soundtrack for the last uh, August Absurdity, and then like called an Audible the last minute and didn't use it. <laughs> so I've actually got this in my Bandcamp library for a few months now. <laughs> nice. Good soundtrack. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's good a very soundtrack. good soundtrack. It's also a very good game. Um, has anybody played it? Nah. Nope, just bought okay. the soundtrack. <laughs> I've heard about it. And I thought, this is definitely a game none of the GTT guys will play. <laughs> See, Jesse, I'm kind, of ama- I'm kind of amazed that you would say that, because um, John, Johnny, let me describe this game and see if it, to you, might possibly pique my interest. Oh, okay, so well, you- first, I will say, I, I, I am aware of this game, and it piqued my interest, I just didn't really pull the trigger on it. it, it it's a cute-looking game. All right, so Johnny, I guess. So you play as a, um, it's a 3D platformer, like a puzzle platformer. Okay. Where you play as a cute young girl whose weapon is basically a hookshot, except it's a frog that uses its tongue to, like, grab items and, like, latch onto things. And it's specifically designed to look like a PlayStation 1 game. Like, the game looks like Mega Man Legends. Straight up. Interesting. Is there an option to make it look like a Nintendo 64 game instead? Or is it strictly PS1? It's a a worthwhile question, yes. You know, I don't know if there's an option, but it looks very PS1. Hmm. Yeah, no. uh, I can think of a number of ways that scratches uh, David's itches. Uh, Female main character, uh, mid-90s, you know polygon aesthetic rather than 16-bit aesthetic um anthropomorphic weapon um you know just uh what's the word i'm looking for you know absurdist like uh you know humor like you're you have a gun that's a frog and that's the name of the game um it is yes it's just you know it's a very charming game and like i said the the frog gun basically works like a hook shot in zelda um, and that's like your one item. So you can grab objects, pull them, and then throw them at enemies. You can grab enemies. You can latch onto walls. Um, basically, you land in this subterranean uh, ruined world because uh, your parents are archaeologists and they disappear. So you go with their frog gun that they left behind to try to find them. Um, I was going to say, go- no, real quick, does the frog gun talk to you? Like, is it a character? <laughs> Yes. Okay, good. Mm. Uh, bonus, you know, extra points for that. Yes, David loves a, a cute uh, character that talks to the main character. So, um, you're going through, like, these ancient ruin levels, uh, exploring them, and every stage has, like, multiple objectives in it. Um, so you can beat the stage just by getting to the end, no problem. But then you can go back and replay them to beat in a certain time make sure you collect all these things um it kind of reminds me of the um like the virtual stages in sonic frontiers Ooh, ooh okay now you got my well, interest you have like multiple objectives so like you can easily beat the game but then you can also go back to do like a completionist run to hit every objective um 
And it's just, it's a very fun little charming indie game, which is played in the third person. Right. I was going to say, Frog's not uh, traditionally associated with sterile environments. Um, no. Yes. So thankfully, it, uh, it satisfies the other theme. Again, it should satisfy one of two themes tonight, guys. The games that we choose. I, oh, I, is that how the theme works? <laughs> yeah, that's what the theme means. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> Let it guide your pick. You know, Jesse, I know you're still in the process of picking a, a new game. So, you know, maybe pick a game that satisfies the theme. <laughs> one of them. So it's rainbows and curses, Leviathans, right? rainbows, curses... Living Guns. Living Guns. Frogs. And 32-bit games. A 32-bit, okay. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, I got Female one. main characters. Oh, so, we and, used this one already. And now Fuck. we're using and, not or. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to have to do all of these. <laughs> oh, it's, man, uh, have I got a game that fits that thing. <laughs> yeah. And luckily, I chose it. So now, is the, is the main survivors. character in this game Rainbow Billy? Sorry, I missed it. Is the it, do you use the frog gun to overcome a leviathan's curse? You know, in a lot of ways, yes. Um, good. I don't I have an have idea a, of what you could rename this game. I don't have a segue to this, but you do meet up with a a rival character. Um, totally. It's a, another kid named Jake. But instead of a frog gun, he has a partner snake named Snatch. Um, and I'm I'm glad they went with frog gun because like Snatch Snake, I don't think would have been a good title for this game. Well, I think no, they would just minute. call it Snatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Maybe the next game they make will be about that person. Mm-hmm. Jake and the. Curse Snatch man. of the Snatch Snake. Yeah, Jake and the One Night Snake. There you go. Off we've you go. all been we've all been cursed by the Snatch Snake at some point in our lives, guys. Am I right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the Snatch Snake. The next game in this series, Lady Terminator, the Wait, video game. Is that, Ooh, boy. Oh. Is, is that why it hurts when I pee? <laughs> yeah. Jesse, you, we've been through this. Please visit a doctor. <laughs> please get yourself tested for Snatch Snakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> been begging you for years, baby. <laughs> uh, full blown. Um, <laughs> full blown snack steaks. Yeah, I just I hear full um, blown and I imagine a blown out penis like <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. What? <laughs> full blown out oh. with snack steaks. <laughs> wow. Um <laughs> And here I was trying to get us back to Frog Gun, and Johnny's thinking musket-shaped penis. <laughs> like a blunderbuss. <laughs> Boom. Um, so, yeah, no, David, this game looks charming, man. Uh, you know, I like, uh, I like how stupid it is. Like, I, I mean stupid in a great way. Like, it, you know, it's called Frog Gun. You're... you're Holding a thing that's shaped like a frog and a gun. <laughs> okay, great. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds great. Um, and the fact they use it to well, make a it... uh, charming throwback like a uh, 3D platformer even better. 
you know, I grew up playing shitty Nintendo 64 games. That, you know, I rented Chameleon Twist. Uh, mm. This sounds great. <laughs> like, you know, Frog Guns Return to Form, baby. <laughs> well, and that's what I love about it. Like, it's a very silly idea. And again, I mean that in the best way. But it seems like the kind of idea that would have come out in, like, 95. Yeah, no, I'm... It wouldn't have been called Frog Gun at that point. Like, the the title is what kind of takes it into, like, postmodernism. They would have called it something... They would have concealed the conceit of the game better. They wouldn't have merely called it Frog Gun. No, it would have been um, called something like Rainbow Froggy, um, The Curse of the Frog Gun. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, they wouldn't mention the Frog Gun. It would just be a thing, you know... The Leviathan Gun. Mm-hmm. The Frog Gun would be... Uh, given to you by the Leviathan. Um, Rainbow Renata and the Curse of the Snatch Snake. Exactly. Um, the main character's name is Renata, oh, by the way. I know oh, all okay. about that. <laughs> yep. Been there with Renata. Yeah. Um, when you run yeah. out of toilet paper, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got so off track here. <laughs> We're never getting this back on track, David. You know, this charming game uh, with a charming conceit and you know, and a great style. Is there anything else you want to say before we get back to toilets or blowouts? Um, no. I, say it now I while didn't, Jesse's laughing. <laughs> I didn't really have much to say about this game other than it's really adorable and a lot of fun. I would like to play it, man. I like, and you know, it plays again, in the third person. We're clamoring for those uh, those mid '90s, uh, you know, indie throwback games. So, you know, more games like this, please. You know, it can't be that hard to make them. Game four.
All right, guys, let's see here. Um, da, 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 da. So in this game, I had a hard time actually finding real trivia for this, so I'll just give a quick plot synopsis. Um, the main character, Eric, and his unnamed girlfriend need to try to refuel their ship so they can return home from their date in outer space. Guys, who's got some? Uh, who's got some answers? Answers. Want answers? Yeah, it depends on answers. All right. So uh, Jesse Drew Pierce <laughs> says that's cock. David says this ain't lost in space. A triple X parody, which is incorrect. And John wrote Rainbow Billy: The Curse of the Leviathan. Sadly incorrect. No, this is. A Game Boy game called Out of Gas. You know, a game I'm game, huh? really kind of ashamed of myself because I thought Trax, the adorable tank game on Game Boy, was the most obscure thing that we could put up here. And then you come up with a space gas? G what? So the story yeah, of this game... Think, actually, I'm going to start perusing the list of like Game Boy games reviews because I feel like each of us have at some point brought a very obscure Game Boy game, and this is Johnny's time. <laughs> like, this is... I'm sorry. What the fuck? So it's oh, a, shit. I forgot about Super Hunchback. Yeah. So <laughs> how could you forget about Super Hunchback? Yeah. Hit the song, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this game, you and your girlfriend are out on a cruise in space and you run out of gas. And so, you have to exit the ship in your little, like, tiny flying around space shuttle uh, and collect gas um, and bring it back to the ship so you can go home. Uh, 
Is and it just like gas canisters floating in space? Basically, yes. <laughs> no, so the well, little uh. basically each each level is um the little stage where you have these like numbered round things you gotta collect in the right order. So the goal the goal is to find stuff in the right order and collect them. Um, while avoiding obstacles and things like that, and there's a time limit. Um, but this this soundtrack slaps, <laughs> guys. This soundtrack is quite good. <laughs> and then, yeah, the screenshots are great because this game has cutscenes, and they just look terrible. <laughs> like they're so good. <laughs> they look like a Garfield comic. They, these are incredible. No, that's an insult to Garfield, David. This is bad. <laughs> like this is. This looks like a Garfield fan art. I would give this you that. This looks like I drew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If somebody was drawing Garfield fan art in MS Paint, that's what you get. Like that's what this is. You know, I feel kind of bad for the the guy because he's definitely trying, but the look on his girlfriend, he is not getting anywhere tonight. Oh, she's a hundred percent over it. And I just want to point out his spaceship has a flame paint job like a car, like a hot rod. <laughs> Which is awesome, and if we get to the point where we're cruising through space casually, that's exactly what I want my ship to look like. Yes, 1950s hot a rod. Vehicle, a vehicle that must leave and re-enter an atmosphere should absolutely be decorated with flames on the front. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it should. With him, well, let's try to sound sarcastic on that, David. They're right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's just, like, a fun puzzle game made by, like, four people. Um, mm -hmm. the developer is, uh, Real-Time Associates. Uh, and, yeah, right, I had to get... We can read the wiki now. Let's talk about the obscure Game Boy games that we've all brought to the show prior to this. Is this a lightning uh, round? Uh, it could be, but I don't really know how to score it. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I was wrong. One of us has not ever brought a terribly obscure Game Boy game to the show. Is it Jesse? <laughs> I guess no, it's just ah. uh, In the entire lifetime of this show, I have used four Game Boy games. Um, Which one did I bring? First was the first was Pokemon Yellow. After that, Turok: Battle of the Bionosaurs Classic, and then I also used Pokemon Red and Blue <laughs> and Pokemon Pinball. So, um, yeah, I'm not a I'm not our obscure Game Boy guy. That's uh, right. I brought Super Hunchback. Yes, I, I allowed you to bring Super Hunchback. Jesse has brought only a few Game Boy games, but some more obscure ones, uh, including Little Nicky, uh, WWF Betrayal, um, Monkey Puncher, and of <laughs> oh, course yeah. Metal, Metal Walker. Um, okay. okay, fair enough. Those are all fairly obscure. David, uh, you know, handheld boy that he is. Uh, he's brought more than Jesse, uh, you know, mostly like Nintendo stuff. But he uh, he also brought tracks. Uh, he provided us Avenging Spirit, Kid Dracula, Super Hunchback, um, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I uh, forgot about Avenging Spirit. Yes, uh, and strangely, the king of the show in terms of Game Boy games is Johnny. Hey, <laughs> more Game Boy games than anybody else. Um, a lot of a lot of big names, but also uh, as the show's worn on, Johnny's still <laughs> deep into the Game Boy catalog for you know games like Altered Space, um, Cruising Exotica on Game Boy Color, <laughs> um, the Smurfs, 
Animorphs. <laughs> Adventures with Barbie Ocean Discovery. <laughs> uh, Wave Race, and most recently, Spawn. I forget. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not sure which one of us is the obscure Game Boy King. It's certainly not me. Um, it's one of you guys, but Johnny's our most prolific Game Boy provider. Uh, followed by David, then Jesse, then me. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, this continues Johnny's pattern. I think with this, Johnny might take the title of Obscure Game Boy King for the show. Yes. Seriously, what the fuck is <laughs> a game in which you run out of gas and collect gas? Go, go outside and get some gas. Yeah, exactly. What, hey, I think is... gas. what do you want to do? I don't know, we should probably get gas. <laughs> what I think is great is... If you look at the screenshots and everything, you're not in, like, a spacesuit trying to get it. You're in a smaller shuttle, so you're using gas in order to collect gas to get home. <laughs> Gotta use our dinghy, our space dinghy, to go get some gas for the big ship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when I ran out of gas in my car and I pulled out my moped from the trunk and rode <laughs> to go get some gas. It. <laughs> Can people do? <laughs> I just want to point out too, that, you know, in this show they're flying around and they have a pair of fuzzy dice hanging from a rearview mirror. <laughs> I mean, Johnny, it was the nineties. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, so we also, FYI, that was the entire soundtrack that we just played. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna have much soundtrack slap since we just heard it. <laughs> Three songs, I baby. I love the idea of Johnny like finding this game. It's like, oh, this is a really good song. How many songs are in the soundtrack? Three. Three. Perfect. And uh, a jingle. Right. All I cool. need. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Ah, man. Um. Yeah. You know. I think this was a good opportunity to do a little... Uh, I don't like to be too self-referential on the show and reference our own in insane note-keeping and database, but uh, in this case, I think it worked out really well. Because what the fuck? Um, it's, uh, you know, the Game Boy is home to some strange, strange games. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, Johnny, do you think this game might show up on the Nintendo Switch online service here oh, in the next few days? You God, think, if, uh, if they've been reading my letters... Yeah, <laughs> so you wrote them the letter that got them to include the Alone in the Dark game on the on the Switch thing, right? Oh yeah, for months. I, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I've been setting my list of uh, Game Boys uh, of Switch Game Boy whatever. Only must one haves. Mario Land. I'd like Gargoyles Quest, and <laughs> please give us Alone in the Dark on Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, God. <laughs> you know what I think? What happened was he had wrote that he just loves to be alone in the dark with the Game Boy. And they're mm -hmm. like, hey, that's a good idea. And they totally yeah. misunderstood what Johnny was trying to say, because Johnny right. was trying to be polite. He was trying to say he likes to masturbate while playing out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> out of gas? I was yeah. going to say, <laughs> alone in the dark on the Switch. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you remember this, you really can't play Game Boy in the dark. It, it's, that's this... what's so sexy about it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like a, it's like playing with a stranger. <laughs> so, <laughs> you hear all the beeps and the boops, but you can't mm -hmm. see what's oh, going did I, on. Oh, did I, uh, did I collect your gas? <laughs> oh. Like it when I collected like that? <laughs> uh oh, did I get a game over? Have I heard all three songs of this soundtrack? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm finished. Uh, <laughs> 
Wipe yourself up, gay boy. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Episode title. Game 5.
All right. So, um, many of the noteworthy characters in this game are named after foods and beverages, um, such as uh, chai, uh, peppermint, macaron, uh, cinnamon, which is C-N-M-N, a kale, mimosa, and Rockfort.
How are you guys feeling? I mean, I think the trivia made it pretty obvious. I feel pretty superb. Yeah. Yeah. This is... All right, let's see. Uh, let's see. We got um, David says Cooking Llama. No. Uh, Johnny says Wario's Woods. That's incorrect. And John, the close answer, uh, Rainbow Billy and the Curse of the Leviathan. Which, um, no, that is not it. You know what's funny, David? This is actually, I know this, it's it's actually not Cooking Mama Triple X a porn parody. <laughs> I was you so fool. close to putting that as my guess. an idiot. I can't believe you didn't choose that. <laughs> God, if only. Ugh. No, this is a uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Um, which, oh. Uh, <clears throat> so, this is, um, it's weird. Last week, Bethesda had this little like um, thing going on where they're like, "Hey, there are the games that um, we're going to be having, you know, that we're working on." Um, not Starfield, though. We're not going to talk about that game. Um, they made it very clear they weren't going to talk about that one. But um, one of the games they showed um, was this game, and then they're like, um, "Oh, by the way, uh, it's out today." <laughs> And uh, yeah, and so like the the studio is is Tango Games, um, and they make uh, the studio was made by the guy who originally uh, created Resident Evil, um, and they did uh, the Evil Within games and that um, Ghostwire Tokyo game recently, hmm. and so like it's a bunch of like you know spooky games and stuff. And then uh, you see this game, and it's all like colorful and and like rock and roll and bright and and happy go lucky and stuff. Um, and it's a uh, third person character action game. Um, and like the the gist of the story um, is like you're this dude, and you're going into like this uh, robotics factory, um, which. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, most like robotics factories or any kind of like computer type situation is going to be a sterile environment. Like those guys wear like suits, so there's like no like contamination and whatnot with processors. Would that be correct, Johnny? Yeah. Oh yeah, you can't uh create processors in a non sterile environment. Yeah, no, I, I think cool. that meets the qualifications. Uh, certainly the ones that I sent out in the request section. So um yeah, I I tried to go with get both of them if i can um but uh so you go in and and you notice that your your character has like his arm in like a sling when he's walking in and so i guess uh in this factory you can just go and get like new like cybernetic parts which seems kind of interesting <laughs> and so he's trying to get a new arm and um something happens and like an ipod falls into the machine and he gets like an iPod like in his chest oh, no. um, but it's like it makes everything around him like like beat to the music and so like this game when you play it it's uh, it's it's got rhythm uh, so like you have to basically like 
um, do your combos to the rhythm. Um, but what's great is um, for like slobs like me, you don't um, get penalized for going off beat. Um, it's just if you do get um, with the rhythm, um, you do more damage and stuff, and you have access to a few more abilities. But um, it's like, you know, Devil May Cry, but um, rhythm based. Um, and like, it looks cool. The writing is good. There's a robot cat. Um, the animation is, it's, it's great. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon, like the transitions between cutscenes, um, uh, between the cutscenes and the actual gameplay are pretty smooth. Like it's, it's one of those games you're like, if this was just like a show, I probably would watch the show too, you know? Um, and like the action is good. Um, find a lot of robots and and crazy uh, protagonist or antagonists. Um, are there are some cool protagonists that you meet up. Like you meet this lady, um, and she's like, uh, she's the owner of your robot cat that you can pet, um, which is very important for video games with with animals in them that you can pet them. Yeah. Um, and the robot cat is amazing. It's so cute um, and funny. Um, and uh, they have a lot of cool things that um, help you with the rhythm. Like you can put like a little thing on the bottom to see where the where you should be hitting the button. Um, otherwise, like the cat floats like above you and blinks. Um, everything in the environment is moving to the beat too. So like like literally like it's just it's so like musical. Um, they get like real uh, licensed music in there too. Uh, like. Uh, um, perfect drug is in it um there's some like prodigy stuff a lot of nine inch nails like it's got a lot of good good stuff in there and um it's just a cool... certain certain 90s scumbag yeah and it's not like a long long game either so like if you just want like some something fun to play for like a weekend it's probably good for you um but it's it's so it's 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 cool because it came out of nowhere no one had heard about this game so no one was there to like we haven't been following the development of the for like years like nitpicking or or saying oh i hope this happens in the game they're just like oh cool we got this game that looks cool guess what it's out now play it guys and everyone's like oh shit let's play it and everyone's having fun with it and um like it's already like obviously because there haven't been a whole lot of releases but it's one of my games of the year already because it's just it's really fucking good like i can't you know, say it's early in the year. Um, yeah, I think you're the first person to bring a game that was released this year. So congratulations on that. Um, so yeah, you're the only person so far with a game of the year candidate on the show. Um, and I was going to say, I really do like hearing that it doesn't punish you for not being good with the rhythm thing. Yeah, uh, like that's uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, like I can learn to keep a fucking rhythm, but like I just don't want to do it in like an action-packed game setting. <laughs> like, well, you don't I, have to. Like, like that's what I'm get, saying. I'm I'm glad to know that yeah. about this game. That's encouraging. It's like, you know, I tried like Crypt of the Necrodancer and fucking Cadence Hyrule, and it just didn't click with me. And it's you know, I don't know. I can't. It's like my brain isn't capable of doing rhythm and game. It's you know simultaneously. It's somehow it, it doesn't click with me. Like I can just fucking. I can like beat a you know little drum and fucking you know keep a rhythm. I can't do it by pressing buttons and trying to play a video game. <laughs> it's just somehow my brain does not do that. So 
like this game does not punish you for that it's very good for me <laughs> and i feel like it does more to like help you um like you'll you'll get into the rhythm at times and when you do you'll be like this is the best thing um and even when you're not you're like i'm having a good time you know so like it's it's just a a very very just top-notch video game all around like the voice acting's good um there's some pretty silly jokes in it like i'm engaged i don't like like when the cutscenes are on i'm not looking at my phone i'm like oh i want to see what they're gonna talk about the dude like his weapon is like a good uh looks like a trashy like like busted up guitar but the better you do in your combos the more uh like real your guitar looks so like if you start doing like s rank combos and you like hit the dude you got this like flying v guitar you're hitting him with it's real cool um it's just really fucking rad word do you think this game is going to be damaging in any way to the forthcoming like spiritual successor to uh fucking jet set radio you know bomb rush cyberfunk like not only in that it simply just appeared and like kicks ass and does a beautiful cell shaded like you know crazy like futuristic city thing but also like you know i don't know i feel like they announced that uh, that bomb rush game a while back and it's like you said it's like this game just came out and there was no time to think about it it was just here and we all got to enjoy it and bomb rush has been coming for a while and it also has the word rush in it and it's like you know mm-hmm. is this gonna be a letdown when it gets here i don't you know, i don't had, we've got too much time to think about it man too much time to build it up well i don't think this game would be that much of a comparison because like like that game assumingly if it's going to be like jet grind it's going to be more of like a movement based like situation mm-hmm. like like in this game it's more like the combos and the, the story and and stuff like that like the, it's not really about magnetic rollerblading at all yeah the the weakest part of the game is probably the platforming sometimes jumping can feel a little janky but like the rest of the game is like like great um it but just like, looks i mean this thing i'm only yeah. getting that from the look of it like, yeah it's, just, okay. it's got the it's it's hip it's cell shaded it's modern you know the city fucking looks insane the characters are all well designed and very very anime and so i'm just like man i fucking hope you know hope nobody's disappointed when old bomb rush comes out and you know like we get a couple of new hideki nanganuma tracks but the game actually sucks like Man, I hope that this game doesn't like highlight air, you know, issues in that fucking game. But maybe they just, you know, maybe they can avoid stepping on each other's toes. I hope so. And your character wears a scarf, and I'm a sucker for cool video game scarves. Hey, man, I'm all about big scarf. So yeah, <laughs> go all the way back to episode one of GTT, baby. You yeah. know, yeah, we're all about that scarf. Yeah, scarf life. God, man, are we bringing the show full circle right now? Is this the last episode of Game That? No, 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 no. Scarf, we did it, guys. No. Oh man, can we do that thing where we say goodbye to an empty room and shut the light off as we leave? Oh, it's gonna happen, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We believe it. We've reached the series finale of Game That Tune. Thanks to scarves. (laughs) It was the scarf that did it, man. Could you get the scarf in this game as a pre-order bonus? No. Because okay. you didn't know about it. How would you pre-order this game? See? There's, like, you know, well, uh, you know, well played. So this game also, you know, it avoids, uh, you know, the whole... Uh, it avoids playing into the hands of Big Scarf. Like, uh, 
tricking everybody into paying extra for a fucking you know a silly scarf. You just get the game and you enjoy the scarf in game. That's the way to be. Hyrule Warriors should have done that, quite frankly. But man, um, I'm what a scarf! What a I, game! I can't get over the idea of you know uh, each of us looking into our room. And then we just kind of quietly say, peace out, everybody. Yeah. And we flick the light switch, shut the door. Different video game scarf hanging in the room. (laughs) Then the camera pans over, and we all see George Lucas slamming his dick in a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) Wearing the scarf from Hi-Fi Rush. Roll credits. And the scarf from Hyrule Warriors. (laughs) Beautiful, Johnny. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think we could probably get that going. Yeah. Yeah. We can stage that up. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's, Luke, what's Lucas up to? He'll do it. He's not making any fucking movies, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, he's certainly not uh, not overseeing fucking, you know, the thing that he sold off. So, you know, what's, what's he doing? He's so busy. You know, he could fucking, he could, uh, he could CGI his face onto somebody else slamming their dick in a microwave. Oh, he, so worried he, about it. He built uh, low, low, um, low economy apartments in this like um, real rich part of town and like the rich people are really upset with George Lucas and really? he's like oh I'm just uh, you know giving people a place to live for a, mm. a reasonable cost it's that's okay yeah just so happened you had a uh, extra bit of land here Figured why I'd does build... your George Lucas sound like Kermit the Frog because George... that's what he sounds like Not sound like Kermit the Frog <laughs> Dude. Oh, I made Star Wars here yeah. George yeah. Lucas Kermit the Frog, Bill Gates all sound exactly the same. And like and Ray Romano. Ray he's Romano. close, but mm, he's li- he's little, different enough. Little, yeah, but have you ever seen George Lucas, Bill Gates, and Kermit the Frog in the same place at the same time? No, no, nope. you have not. Uh, certainly not building poor people apartments in uh, nice parts of town. Uh, that's something only George Lucas would do. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Jeez. No, uh, no charitable donations from Kermit. But anyway, um, Jesse, great pick. Cool Thank game. You. Yeah, it's a surprise. Yep. Johnny, I think it's time to fire up the calculating computer one last time. <laughs> no. <laughs> calculating computer activated. Computers. Beeps. Spice. Boops. Scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. Oh, man. What do you know? It's me. Back again in the winner's circle. What a fucking show this was. Um, you know, a fantastic theme leading to one of our lowest scoring shows in recent memory. Uh, you know, man, oh, man, Johnny. What a what a set of themes that you picked for, uh, for this episode. You're uh, welcome. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's that was the next thing I was gonna say. How dare you? <laughs> um, it's uh, it's been good, man. You know, I'm feeling sterile. Uh, I'm. I feel like I'm having an out of body experience. I'm seeing myself recording this episode, and I don't like what I see. So, <laughs> um, it's been a good show, and I've got. I would say. Uh, an acceptable theme in mind for the next show. Um, 
I was watching that Nintendo Direct today. Of course, we're recording this, uh, you know, Wednesday, February eighth. So, you know, we got some uh, got some Nintendo Direct stuff that we didn't really unpack on the show. But frankly, there wasn't very much to unpack. It was just kind of a perfectly fine Nintendo Direct. It had some trailers for uh, some things we already knew about. A couple of surprises. David, what was your favorite surprise from the Nintendo Direct today? Um, favorite surprise, I think, would probably be the, like, port of Ghost Trick. Ah, detective. A remake of Ghost Trick. Jesse, what was your favorite surprise from the Nintendo Direct today? Uh, I'm really hyped about the Game Boy stuff on the Nintendo Online service. Mm-hmm. What is old is new again on Nintendo Switch. Johnny, did you watch the Nintendo Direct? No. Okay, I don't need to ask you. Uh, there were many, many nice-looking things. Uh, a Metroid Prime Remaster, for example, that thankfully I looked up and does not cost $60. I was going to be fucking angry if they wanted 60 for just one remaster of Metroid Prime. It's only 40 guys. Um, but, you know, there was also that Kirby's Return to Dreamland, the, the Wii port uh, remade for the uh, Switch. Um, there were... Uh, there were a few things they announced that were, uh, you know, oh, like Ghost Sea Trick. of Stars. But, uh, yeah, Sea of Stars looks great. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. But you know, yeah, Ghost Trick. We love Katamari getting a remake. Uh, you know, Metroid Prime Remastered. Um, you know, there were a few things that they announced in there. Uh, a new Samba de Amigo, uh, which not you know not a remake, but just a fascinating sequel after all these years. But it got me thinking, and you know what I want, guys. I want Samba de Amigo. So the theme, no, it's not Samba de Amigo. No, the theme is remakes. We're going to do this right this time, guys. It's either a remake of a game or it's a game where the it's a remake of a previous game soundtrack. So you can have a Game Boy version of a game previously released on consoles or you can have uh, you know just some different version of a previous game's tunes. We're not doing the remix album thing that broke the show last time. I want games with remade soundtracks in game or i want literal remakes of games so we're gonna do some remakes uh keeping with the nintendo direct theme so there you have it remakes that's what we're gonna do it's what everybody does easy money guys (laughs) we're just gonna do this whole episode again next week with slightly different music we should do a clip show Guys, we absolutely God. should do a clip show. I think that's what the free play jingles are. Yes, exactly. Those are our clip shows. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? He wants a clip show. Yeah. yeah. Macho wants a clip show, huh? Motherfucker. Um, he he does that to himself sometimes. You know, you know, random aside about my dog's grooming habits. Sometimes he bites his own foot so hard that he yelps. Aw. He's, he's a silly guy. He, he yelps himself. Yeah. Um, anyway, remakes, remade soundtracks, or uh, literal remakes of games on next week's episode of Game That Tune. I think it's going to be fun. And uh, guys, what a show it's been this week. Thank you guys, everybody, for being here. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching live with us. We're live every Wednesday night. We're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook. Search for Game That Tune. Uh, we are in your podcast devices on Tuesday mornings at gamethattune.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to drop us in your podcatcher, review, subscribe, uh, do all the stuff that you do to a podcast to game that tune. Um, 
want to thank everybody for checking out Patreon. Of course, patreon.com slash game that tune. We've got awesome exclusives. We've got game that tune gems. We've got mixtapes. We've got movie nights. We've got all kinds of fun things uh, that we do at Patreon. And you help us keep the lights on at our 24 7 video game music live stream at radio.gamethattune.com. GTT.rocks. It's the home for video game music on the internet. And it's all made possible by patreon.com slash game that tune. So check it out. Want to give a special shout out, of course, to our Patreon absurd fans, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perky, Taylor Y, Sam L, Grimmery, Phoenix Tier 2121, and Beast Pond, a fantastic group of Patreon absurd fans. Um, we, uh, we love you guys all so much. Uh, want to give a special shout out once again to our requester Johnny, who made the request this week. Uh, Acre in our Discord. Yes, Acre. I know we, uh, we gave you a lot of shit. Your requests are typically fine. Do better. Uh, or you know, other people that make requests do better than Acre. Uh, you can make. He your did request. get a point. He did, and he didn't leave a voicemail to get the theme for this uh, next episode. So I had to win the show. Um, but uh, you know, make your requests in Discord or make them at GameThatTune.club, our fantastic social media site that definitely has died off since people, I guess, have just become more accepting of Twitter again. I don't know. We got to get GameThatTune.club back in the zeitgeist, baby. We had it for a second there. We had lightning in a bottle. Mm. Um, so maybe just uh, go over there and make your requests. You know, ping me or something. I don't, I don't know what you, know, you do on that site. But we love getting requests from you guys. So make them at GameThatTune.club or in Discord. And we're going home with some fantastic remake tunes. Uh, you know, I said uh, you know moments ago, I want um, I want remade uh, tunes, and I want a new Samba de Amigo. How about uh, how about a remake of some Samba de Amigo tunes from a game that maybe will. Uh, feature or not feature after hearing this on an upcoming episode of Game That Tune Gems. Uh, you know, released June 1st, 2003, North America. I'm, of course, talking about Sonic Pinball Party. And, uh, of course, I've got the Samba de Amigo board from Samba, uh, Sonic Pinball Party, a remake of the uh, theme from Samba de Amigo. So, everybody, brace your ears and uh, get back with us next week for remakes, and we love you guys. Peace out, everybody.
I could listen to that for hours. Uh, Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan. It's copyright 2021, Manavoid Entertainment Incorporated. Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward is copyright 2012, Spike Chunsoft and Axis Games. Frog Gun is copyright 2022, Molegato and Top Hat Studios Incorporated. Out of Gas is copyright 1992, Real Time Associates. Hi-Fi Rush is copyright 2023, Tango Gameworks and Bethesda Softworks, LLC. All right, we're out. Now that's a fucking list of games. <laughs> <laughs> We fucking ran the gamut tonight, boys. Out of gas. Rainbow Billy, Virtue's Last Reward. Frog Gun, Out of Gas. And High Five Rush. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. Interesting show. Yeah, it was quite uh-huh. interesting. Almost like theme like third person is a little broad. It's wild. Well, that was your original idea. I know. Was... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It continues. <laughs> <sighs> You're the free play, boys. I have, a, I have a good one in the chamber. <laughs>